0: Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses back to the fourth week of our series entitled Real Life Marriage. I want to welcome our South Shore Gulf Coast, our online campus. Come on, let's just welcome the other campuses right now. You know, we are in a series, it's a five-week series, we're in a series talking about God's perspective on marriage. Week one, I talked about what is God's original design and we opened up the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, and we talked about what God's heart and his design is for marriage. Week two, uh, we had my dear friend, uh, Coach Tom Mullins. He was a football coach uh, for 20 years. He pastors uh, a great Church Christ Fellowship, over 30,000 people in West Palm Beach. He and his son now co-lead that, and he talked about leaving a legacy, our children speaking life over our kids. Week three, which was last week, uh, I taught on God's perspective on singleness. Now, if you weren't here again, you can get a CD, go online. I got a lot of great feedback on that. I will want to say uh, as well, next week, my wife and I are going to be finishing up the series. We're going to be team teaching on communication in marriage. That's Mother's Day weekend. It's going to be a great, great time. How many you know pastor's team is going to be behaving this week at home? Big time. It's a great... We're going to talk about four, listen, four communication challenges in every marriage. You do not want to miss it. We got something special uh, for the moms as well. One uh, little caveat, one disclaimer as well before I get into this week's message again. uh, We're going to be talking about uh, God's perspective on intimacy, sex, and purity. Uh, If you do have a fifth grader uh, or below, you can take them to our children's church. It will be pg Thirteen. All right, I did hear something funny this week uh, about a very wealthy uh, Texas oil man, millionaire, multimillionaire, and. He was having a trouble because he, he wanted his, his daughter to be given away in marriage and, and nobody, was, nobody was asking for her hand. So he had a party at one of those big East Texas homes and a big pool in the back. And, and uh, he gathered all of his friends and lots of people and just a lot of eligible bachelors as well. I mean, he had them there. And, and here's what he said. He, he, he got, he's kind of stood out on his veranda overlooking the pusses. Gentlemen, here's the deal. He says, I'm going to give a million dollars to anyone that will jump in that pool and swim across. See, the reality is, is he'd been stocking it with alligators and some of their mouths, their mouths were going up and snapping even as he was talking. He says, I'll give a million dollars to the first person that jumps in that pool and swims the length of it. Or the hand of my daughter in marriage. Right when he got that out of his mouth, he heard a splash Man, this guy is swimming, and he's screaming, and he's just hollering. He's, I mean, he's just doing everything, and those alligators are just, I mean, they're biting at him. Finally, he gets to the end. The guy gets, he's got his shirt ripped a little bit, and he jumps out, and he's breathing. <sighs> and everybody's going, yeah, you're the man. So the guy says, the millionaire says, congratulations, what's it gonna be? A million dollars cash, or my hand the hand of my daughter in marriage? He says, sir, in all due respect, I don't want your money, and I don't want to marry your daughter. Well, what is it that you want? I want the name of the sucker that pushed me in the pool. <laughs> Talk about motivation, is that right? Now, I, I'm not going to be pushing you in the pool today, but I am going to be going to the Word of God, and I'm going to be motivating you. I'm going to be motivating you of what God's Word says about this topic. Now, now, some of you may even thought, you know, is pastor really going to do a topic like that? I mean, come on, in church, on a weekend? I mean, are we really going to talk about sex? Two reasons why I think it's important. Number one, because this book talks about sex. It talks about intimacy. It talks about purity. Number two, because we're being inundated every single day. Man, we are being inundated in our culture with misinformation. Not only us, but our children, our kids are being just absolutely. I mean, whether it's billboards, whether it's on your iPhone, I mean, it's everywhere on TV. Come on. We can't put our heads in the sand. We got to understand, what does God say about this very, very important topic? If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up the first Corinthians chapter six, and we're going to look at God's perspective on intimacy, sex, and purity. We're going to look at our first verses Our theme verses are going to be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 where Paul, the apostle, writes to the church at Corinth. I'm going to give you a little bit of context to the church at Corinth. There was a, 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 a city there, and Corinth was a city in Greece, and there was a church that was born, but it was a very sexually perverted environment. I'll give you some more information and background in just a moment. And I think it's so appropriate that we begin with Paul's teaching. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Here's... Here's what Paul says. He says, flee. Everyone say it with me. Flee. Flee sexual immorality. Now, this, these next words are so important, these next sentences. It, it introduces a concept that is, that is a very important co- concept. He says, every sin that a man or a woman does, either one, a man or a woman does, is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his or her own body. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. Next verse. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not, you are not your own. For you are bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your what, say it? In your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Next verse. Now we're going to go to chapter 7. Remember, in the original writing of Scripture, Paul was writing a letter to the church of Corinth. There wasn't chapter and verse. It's just one letter, one thought, one stream of thought here. Verse 7, or chapter 7, verse 1. Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Watch this. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each one have his own wife, and each woman have her own husband. Verse three, let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. Two more verses. Verse four, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Verse five, do not deprive one another. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together so against, so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of what, say it, self-control. Again, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth here. Corinth was a port city in Greece. People would come from all over the world, very characteristic to port cities today. Lots of stuff happened in port cities. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of commerce, a lot of trade, a lot of people would come and the military would stop over and of course, there was a shipping time. There wasn't airplanes in, so all the travel was done. Much travel was done through, 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 through the waterways. And, and, and it was an interesting place because there was, there was more sexual perversion than you can even imagine. Matter of fact, people would come into the temple and they would have these temple prostitutes there and, and they would have sex with these temple prostitutes. And they had these crazy thoughts that somehow if you did that, that, that the gods would be appeased and they would bless your crops. Now, think about that for a moment. Can you imagine, just for a moment, Farmer, Farmer Bob, it's springtime, honey, I'm going to town. <laughs> well, you know what happens. I mean, we need the blessing on our crops. I mean, I mean just crazy stuff. Absolutely wild and, and, and crazy, crazy stuff. So there was, there was all kind of perverted practices here. And, and very specifically, Paul was writing and he was addressing, he was addressing something of what was God's design Week one, what was God's design? What was God's desire for sexuality expressed within the context of one man and one woman in the context of marriage? I'm gonna pull one key thought out of this verse and it's really gonna inform our whole discussion today. Here it is, you guys ready? Here it is. Sex, this is on your notes, outside marriage is out of bounds. Sex inside marriage, watch this, is God's idea, and it's a what? Say it, a beautiful thing. It's God's idea. It's not a bad thing if it's according to God's design. God set this whole thing up. You see, when Christianity burst on the seams in the Roman world, very important, when it burst on the seams... Again, Rome controlled the world at that time. Even Israel was controlled uh, uh, where the the Jewish people lived and where the gospel first came from. Remember Pontius Pilate, he was a Roman governor over Israel at at the time. And, And when Christianity burst on the scene in Rome, it was interesting that the Christians were known for two distinct things. Number one, for their radical generosity. Who are these Christians? I mean, what are they doing, man? They're helping the poor. They're giving their money away. They're selling farms. They're helping people. Not only their radical generosity, but their radical purity. You see, the, the world was there, was, there was all of these perverted things going on. And now you got these Christians that, that, are, that, are, that are following the teachings of Jesus and they're following this, this, this man named Paul who went on a, a journey, one missionary journey, and then another one, and then another one. So the gospel spreading around Asia and Europe, and now you've got these Christians that are saying things like that, that, that sex is a beautiful thing, but it's, it's to be enjoyed in the context of, of marriage with one man and, and one woman. And and it's a wonderful thing, but, 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 but it's not to be enjoyed. Uh, it's not to be exercised uh, with, with multiple, multiple, multiple partners. It was so powerful. And, 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 and it's interesting that, that when you look at a culture, the downfall often of world empires is when cultures begin to implode because of sexual ethics or lack thereof. Wow, isn't that interesting? Christianity swept the Roman world. It it, it swept the the Middle East, and it it swept Northern Africa. It was very powerful. It's interesting when you understand the whole context here. I've had many people ask me, say, you know, this whole idea of, you know, sex, you know, outside of marriage, you know, it's not being cool. I mean, that's kind of a narrow view, isn't it? I mean, after all, Steve, I mean, isn't that just some little, like, sect of evangelical Christians that believe that? No, not at all. For 500 years, all Protestants have taught that. The the Roman Catholic Church, listen, for 1500 years have taught that. The Eastern Orthodox Church, the Russian Orthodox Church, the Greek Orthodox Church, Judaism, and even Islam have taught that of the sexual ethic of marriage between one man and one woman in the context of marriage. Be very, very careful thinking it's just this one little isolated evangelical group. No, 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 no. Second response I often get is come on, the times have changed. And after all, because the times have changed, I mean, things have changed, and we've been enlightened. Oh, have we been enlightened. We've grown. We have now iPhones. We're advanced, you know, technologically. It's time for Christians to change with the times and with culture. So, so why don't, doesn't that sound logical? Not at all. The reality is, you're talking about being out of step with times. Christians in Paul's day? Are you kidding me? Corinth? They were, the Christians were more out of step with their culture, don't miss this, in the first century than we are out of step with our culture in the 21st century. And why is it they didn't change? Listen to me, I'll tell you why. Because purity breeds power, and that's attractive. It's attractive. What's different about you guys? Wow, you're generous. You help people. You always want to share and kumbaya. Number two, there's a purity. Why don't you change? Why don't we change? I'll tell you why. Because if we change, that that would reinforce the lie that Christianity is just an idea, and it's not based upon the immutable, infallible, never-changing Word of God. We're not trying to line our lives up with culture, but with the Word. So so the question today is this. What does God have to say about intimacy, sex, and purity? What, what does He have to say? Look back to verse 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. Here it is. Real clear. Flee. Everybody say it, say it. Flee. Here it is. Run, forest, run. Y'all with me? I mean, get out of there, man. It's like Joseph with Potiphar's wife. You know, he'd just take off. Flee sexual immorality. Man, get away from it. Don't get close to it. Immorality is also known as sexual sin. I put on your notes, extramarital sex. It's it's out of bounds. Verse 18, he talks about it. Run from it. Get out of Dodge. Why? Why is that so important? Listen to me closely. Why is it so important that God says, flee sexual immorality? Why? Back to verse 18. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Well, that's so interesting. I've had people ask this question many, 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 many times, and they've said, well, Pastor Steve, don't miss this. Isn't all sin the same? Yes, it's all all the same in the sight of God, but no, there's different consequences attached to some. The reality is there's consequences attached to sexual sin. Whether it's STDs or unexpected pregnancies, or man, I gave my way, myself away sexually and, and, and she told me, or he told me, girls, you'd say, and, well, you know, that I thought, my heart, and I, I thought, and, it, and they said it was forever, and now my heart, and, and it's busted, and it's broken, and, 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 and I thought, see, the reality is, is that, is that there's, there's consequence. Yes, all sin is the same in the sight of God, but not all sin has the same consequences. There's pain attached to it when we do it our own way. Now, I, now, now, now they tell me that they don't like me and that they, they, they hate me and my heart's broken. What do I do now? That's why I think it's so important that we tell our kids to wait. Wait until you get married. Wait to give yourself away. Wait to give your purity away until you get married. The reality is, yes, God can forgive and yes, God can restore, but there's a reason why. There's a, you know what? I've done marriage counseling. I did marriage counseling for a long time and, and I'm pretty hyperactive, so I, didn't, I wasn't great at it. I made him kind of nervous, but, and, and you know, and, and church is 16, almost 17 years old and did a lot of weddings in the beginning. And can I tell you something that's interesting? I have never, ever, ever had any, any uh, a man ever say, you know, whether it's, it's premarriage counseling or just marriage counseling, I've, ne- I've never had somebody say, you know what? <clears throat> I, I, for instance, I've never had a man say, you know what? I just love her. I mean, she's just like the perfect fiance or the perfect wife, but pastor, I got a problem. Well, what's that? I don't know if this marriage can go on. Well, why? She has a speeding problem. What do you mean? She speeds like crazy. She gets like two or three tickets a year. Is there like a class that she can go to? Is there counseling? Is there something about, I mean, there's a, I've never had anybody said my marriage is ending because my wife has a speeding problem. I've never had a wife or a girlfriend who's dating a fiance ever say to me, Pastor, I gotta be honest as well. He is perfect. He's Tarzan. But he's got a little tiny cussing problem during Saints games. And what happens is when they do bad or where Drew throws an interception, and, and Pastor, that means my husband cursed a lot last year. And I just, uh, <laughs> and I'm hoping for better things. So he's basically a Saints cusser. Is that what you're telling me? I've never had anybody say, that's it, I'm out of here. He's a cusser. But I have had people tell me, Pastor, you know what? My uh, husband's hooked on pornography, and it's, it's not cool. As a matter of fact, I, I feel ashamed about it because I know that he's comparing myself with these these pictures and I, I and I don't feel and I just I, it's just brought such a cloud into our marriage and I just it's just it's not it's not good. I've had guys tell me, Pastor, you know what? I I get tormented by the devil because of my mind because I know that my wife was sexually active before we got married and such so and so in my mind I'm insecure. Anybody she talks to and then I think, my God, what's going to happen and who knows and jeez and so I get I get I get I get tormented. I, I I've heard that. Let me tell you what I've never heard. You guys ready for this? Here, never, ever heard this. I've never had a couple come and say, Pastor, we've got to tell you something. We're so upset. Why? Tell me. I just, I just. Because we waited. We waited to have sex until we got married. We just missed out on so much. <laughs> I've never heard that. I've never heard that before. I've never heard that at all. I've never had anybody say that. Our culture is telling you, go for it. I believe God's word is saying, it's worth the wait. It's worth it. Let me deal with another thing. Here's another thing in our culture. It's my body. This is my body. It's mine. Really? Not according to the Bible. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Look at the next verse. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your what? Body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, this is my body. Well, who created your body? Come on. Who created your body? Who died on the cross for your body? Who rose from the dead for your body? I mean, come on. Who heals you when you're sick? Well, I go to doctors. Okay, God uses medicine. He trains people and all that stuff. I mean, come on. Who's the one? Who's the one that gives you breath and air and life and gave you the gifts and the talents? I mean, God's the one. God put all, invested that in your body. Verse 13, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. We have to understand this. We have to be wise to this. So therefore, glorify God with my what? Say it, with my body. So the question is, what is? What is sexual immorality then? What is it? Well, the Greek word, it's translated immorality. This is this 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 will blow your mind right here. You ready for this? The Greek word for immorality, it's translated porneo. The, or pornea. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Is that so so here here's a definition of sexual immorality. Here it is. You guys ready? Here it is. It's illicit sex, including adultery, incest, premarital sex, pornography, or any sexual act outside the marriage covenant of one man and one woman. When we understand it, it clarifies it. It broadens our understanding. When we understand this, any extramarital sexual arousal is sexual immorality. Question, here it is, I get it often. What about pornography? Pastor, what about pornography? A lot of guys think, well, I can just kind of have it. I got to tell you a statistic, it's so sad. 68% of Christian men... View pornography, and here's what happens. You think it's just kind of I can have my little nasty on the side. I can just kind of do this on. Guys, can I can I tell you something? Listen to me. Listen to me. If you understand brain chemistry, do you know what happens when you view pornography? You know what it does to what's called your neurotransmitters in your brain. It cuts grooves in your brain, and that's why you get hooked. It. Listen, I've take, uh, taken classes in seminary with counseling classes. If you understand addiction and what happens with addiction. It affects you physiologically, mentally, emotionally, physically. It affects your neurotransmitters. And when you put that in your brain, I'm telling you, it affects you. Yes, it's immorality. It's not healthy for you. It doesn't help you. And then it, it causes all kind of problems in the marriage relationship. Or how about this one? I've had people, I spoke to teenagers for 10 years before I was a pastor. I cannot tell you the countless times somebody came up to me and here's what they said. Mr. Steve, can I talk to you? Sure. I have a friend. Tell me about your friend. Like with their boyfriend, like they're doing like a lot of things and everything, like, and but like not doing like the big thing? Is that like sex? Of course I'll get this. Everybody in my generation will get this. Do you mean they didn't inhale? (laughs) Oh, okay. Sexual morality is any sexual arousal, any sexual out- arousal outside the context of one man, one woman, and holy matrimony. Why is it that we're always wondering how close we can get to the edge? Why don't we wonder about how close we can get to Christ? Are you with me? Why is it? Why, why are we wanting it? What, what's the point here? What's the point here? I mean, I, 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 you know, technically, now let me just give you this. I want to give you some good news. So many people have messed up in this area. We've all all experienced impact in this area. Let me say this, many, many, many people have. Here's the good news. You've never committed a sin that's too far that God can't forgive. You're not trash. You can be forgiven, restored. Your heart can be made new. Come on, it can. The blood of Christ, Jesus can do that. The blood of Christ can wash you and cleanse you and make you new. Only God can do that. Well, Pastor, talk to me a little bit about, okay, woof, this is heavy. What about healthy sex? Thank you for asking. I want to talk to you in my remaining time, and you'll be right out of here, right on time. 12.30, you're going to walk out of these doors, but listen to me closely. I want to talk to you about sex, healthy sex within the confines of marriage between one man and one woman. What does Scripture say? What are some thoughts about it, Pastor? Number one, I want to talk to the men first. Guys, I want you to listen to me. You guys ready? Everybody said Yes. Men, be sensitive to every pro- You want to experience good sex with your wife? Be sensitive to every problem and stress your wife is experiencing. You have to care for your wife in order for her to feel good. Your wife is inclusive. Men are compartmentalized. Our car is disconnected from our job, which is con- disconnected from our closet, which is disconnected from our sex life. Your wife? Everything's Inclusive. Your children's grades, the dishes in the sink, the tree that's fallen down in the yard. You didn't return the note to her mom when she gave you a gift. Therefore, nothing's happening tonight. <laughs> we have to understand that, guys. It's all connected. It's all Everything's connected. And we don't care about the little things. You're not getting the big things. Come on. You know what? I, it's all connected. Everything is connected. Literally, you got to care for it, guys, all day long. There's something, she, is, she doesn't compartmentalize. We compartmentalize. Number two, men, be sensitive to her different nature. Men need to understand women are different and men are different and they love honest communication. And by the way, they like non-sexual physical touch like hugs that don't lead to something. Are y'all with me? It's no strings attached. Two thirds of men, they're more, much more sexually and particularly younger guys, much, 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 much more. And so we have to understand that, guys. Our our wives, they like when we hold their hand. They they like when they feel hugged, when it doesn't lead to something. Give them hugs. (laughs) Let me keep going. Number three, (laughs) be romantic in her language. That's talking to her, paying attention, sending her cards and texts and letters and flowers. What are you saying? You're on my heart. I'm thinking about you. I love you. You're important to me. Your life's important to me. All those little things, all during the day. Texts, you know, you're an amazing mom, you're amazing wife. I love you, I care. There's something, it's so special. What you're really saying is, I've taken the time to communicate to you because you're valuable, you're important. Guys, here's another one be pure in your thoughts and your actions. Sin never enhances sex, never enhances. I've heard Christian couples, this is crazy, this is crazy. They're bringing pornography into their marriage. I'm talking about with both of them, thinking that that's going to stimulate. Let me tell you something. Pornography is all about lust. Christian relationship is all about love. It's all about giving. It's all about serving, not taking. Does that make sense? We don't want to ever defile the marriage bed. It doesn't enhance. It detracts. Number five, be prayerful about problems, unmet needs and desires. God knows what you're going through. Do you think that God just cares about your kids and your job, but he doesn't care about the most intimate part of your sexual life? He does. He cares and you can pray about it. and by the way guys let me help you with something the number one way to produce intimacy with your wife is pray with her on a daily basis i don't know why that is so difficult oh i know why because the enemy wants to fight it i'm a pastor been a christian 25 years been to college bible school seminar and all that and sometimes it just to grab her hand it's just i don't know i just feel like well i'm just, I'm just gonna feel dumb but that's the great that's the way to spiritually lead and, and when you do that, and then pray about those intimate parts of your heart and your life and, and, and pray, there's something about, invi- watch this, there's something about inviting God right into that sacred place. Number six, communicate your desires to your wife. Listen to me closely. Tell her, honey, this is what I need. This is what I desire. It's not sinful, ladies, hang on. This needs to be an open subject in your marriage. Sexual, it should not be, even if maybe, maybe in your home growing up or maybe because the culture, you somehow think, well, I'm a Christian. No, no, it should be an open, healthy dialogue. It's a part of God, how he's made you. You should not be ashamed of talking about it. And by the way, if you have kids in the home, you need code words. <laughs> Can I have a witness in the house of God? Guys, here's a scripture. No, it's actually, uh, "Let your request be known early in the day." I'm just telling you, there's just something about that. Thoughts for wives. Here we go, wives. Listen, this is important. Accept his different sexual nature as God-given and valid. All right. Most men are more sexual than their wives, particularly young men. Some wives get this attitude. He has a demon. You are a pervert to want this much sex. It's my job to kill that in you. (laughs) Ladies, understand, you can't change the way that God made him. That's how God made him. His needs are God-given. Wives, you should routinely say this to your husband. I accept your sexuality. I understand. I accept it. I know that God has given me the gift of sex, and I know that you have a need, and I will serve you in that manner. Can all the men of God say, praise the Lord in the house of God. Can you imagine? I know some of you men that are visiting. Honey, you found this church, but praise God, we coming back. I'm just telling you. I'm going to do the 101, 201. I'll do whatever that man. I don't know where they got that pastor. I like that dude. Praise God. <laughs> uh, We're going to church every week if this is where it's going, honey. I'll tell you right now. Give up my saint stick. I'm just joking. I... Number two, ladies, be creative and energetic in meeting his sexual desires. Why is it that your husband should get your leftover emotional energy? I'm so tired. Number three, be sensitive. Listen, important. Be sensitive. I'm trying to teach you how to affair-proof your marriage. Be sensitive. And by the way, I don't care if your wife never meets your need or vice versa. It never gives you a pass to have an affair. Are you guys with me? Because what if she was handicapped or you're a handicap? What if they went through a car wreck? Then what are you going to do? We fear the Lord more than we fear the consequence of not receiving something. We're gonna love God, but nonetheless, in a rightful place, and a rightful posture, we ought to do our best. Remember, this is all about serving your spouse. Are you with me? Christian love is about serving your spouse. It's what it is, vice versa. Be sensitive to his different sexual nature. He's different than you ladies, he's different. He's visual. You're not. It's emotional. You want to feel communication? We're going to talk about that in a moment. But he, wants to, he likes to see things. He does. Now, the problem is that most women are self-conscious about their bodies. Do you know 90% of the, 90% of the runway models, are their, their self-esteem is so poor. They have eating disorders or they got some messed up thing. And you're thinking, what are you talking about? So, so he likes to see God. create- See, here's the question. Do you realize God created him that way? Do you realize that? God created him that way. He, he's visual. So, Pastor, is there a place for flannel nightgowns? There is. It's called the fireplace. (laughs) I'm so cold. Put it on afterwards. Come on. You know what I'm talking. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm just telling you. It's just. Here's another one. Be organized. Be organized. Organize and plan for sex. You may be thinking, I'm tired. I'm stressed out. Wives, let me give you a hint. Here's what you ought to say. Tuesday night, honey, is going to be your night. But in order for that to happen, you're gonna to have to get home early. You're gonna to have to help around the house. You're gonna to have to fold the clothes and you're gonna to have to put the kids to bed. And in doing so, I will be ready for you. <laughs> Let me tell you what that man's gonna do. He's gonna go 110 on the causeway. <laughs> He's gonna get in the house and do dishes. He'll clean every dish in North America if there's a promise attached to it. Put the kids to sleep, absolutely. Rockabye. take Benadryl, go to sleep. Now I'm oh, sorry. Pray for you. Jesus bless my child. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Praise God. From whom all blessings flow. Go to sleep. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying all this, but I hope it's helping. <laughs> you may. I, I, there's a book number. One of the most famous books you ought to get it, is that. Sex begins in the kitchen. I don't. I'm not. Saying what you're thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> the concept was one of the most romantic things you can do, guys, is help with acts of service cleaning the dishes. I'm just telling you. My wife said to me one time, it was just so easy. She goes, The way that you dealt with that thing today, just it was so attractive. I was like, That's pretty easy. <laughs> I was like, You got any more things I can address? I mean, I'm just saying. It's amazing, guys, you gotta get this, we gotta get this. Number five, be sexual, I'm almost finished. Women need honest and open conversation. Uh, Somebody once said, who's a lot smarter than me, they said that communication, watch this, guys, communication to the woman, it's like cleansing her soul, see? And the problem is is that we get married, guys, when we get married, I mean, think about before you're married, you're like communicating, you're like talking, you're on the phone, two o'clock in the morning, drooling on the phone, then you get married, and most men go mute. How you doing, huh? uh. And you just, how was your day? It was good. She's wanting details, she's wanting to connect emotionally, and, and so guys, here's what I would say to you, here's what I would say to you, well, Pastor, I just don't want to talk. Fine, Starve. because that fills her tank. And the reality is you stood up there, and you said, for better or for worse, and I'm gonna do whatever, and I've had guys say, it's just so, and I, listen, I've said, it's so much emotional energy to talk, but you gotta talk, because it's about serving her, sir. Now let me flip it around. Ma'am, in the same way as he's talking, I've had ladies, you know, I mean, I've heard these things and I've read them in books and I've talked to my wife, talked to people and different things and people have said before and I've watched things and programs. And it's like, well, I just, I, just, I just don't feel sexual. Let me say this respectfully. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> he needs it. Come on, are y'all with me or not? He does. Who cares? Make a decision. It's a decision. It's a decision. So I'm just going to encourage you around the bedroom dressing he needs it he needs encouragement this is important it's a very important again if you try to cast his nature out of him it's not going to happen it goes right back into him let me tell you what this is all about and i'll close it's about being a servant to your spouse guys you know what communication is you know what serving around the house is you know what sir? it's about being a servant to your spouse see, see see the world is inundating us on a daily basis i'll close with this about taking, taking, and taking. Here's, here's, what I've, here's what I'm finding. The more that I make it my goal and my aim to meet the needs of my wife, my needs get met. Vice versa, ladies, the more that you make it your goal to not try to change your husband, but to love and to meet his needs, all of a sudden now, your needs get met. Because Jesus, in the book of Acts, Christ is quoted as saying, it's better to what? The give than to what? receive, because when you give, you end up receiving. Does this make sense? I believe that one of the greatest testimonies in the 21st century, it's going all, it's things like coming full circle. The more that our culture degenerates into what, look, the more that they move away from this book and they're making up stuff every day, you do realize that every day, it's changing every day. Here's what I think. I think the more that we live our lives according to this book with radical generosity, and radical purity guess what i think will change the world i think people really say man there's something different about those people come on how many of you all believe that i believe that and i'll say this in conclusion i'm not talking about being perfect i'm talking about being forgiven and being changed and the holy spirit living in our hearts i want to say this in conclusion i'm going to ask everybody to stand i know this is a very painful part some of you were abused as kids and man that's a that is a big deal i've got just a couple minutes i'm letting you go early um and this is a painful message because even that concept is associated with people taking from you in an inappropriate context god can heal you ma'am sir god can heal you god can cleanse and god can restore see here's what i know God wants us whole, spirit, soul, and body. And uh, it's not your cross to bear, sir, ma'am. It's not your cross to bear. Sexual dysfunction and sexual pain—that's not your cross to bear. The cross to bear is persecution for preaching the gospel, living in a culture that's anti-Christ, and you love God. That's the cross. God wants to heal your soul, sir, ma'am. He wants to heal your soul and touch you so that you can feel feel whole i'm going to pray lord jesus i thank you that we can come and uh not act super spiritual like we got it all together but we can be open and honest and uh and we can discuss these things because i know that you want us whole in every area of our lives in our minds and our bodies and our sexuality in our emotional realm and our minds Lord, as their pastor, I just pray, God, for healing, even right now. And Lord, I know there may be some additional meetings and maybe some counseling and small groups and different professionals that maybe need to intervene, but I'm just asking, Holy Spirit, that you would use this talk to open up dialogue in the home. That something that is so sacred and so beautiful, we don't have to be ashamed of it. You've given us that as a gift to love our spouse. If you do not know Christ, we're here as a church. Our altar is going to be open to pray for anybody that any needs. Or if you don't know Jesus, God, I pray your blessing over your people. Pray for the grace of God. Let Church of the King be known as a church with strong marriages, strong families, strong single people that are whole, spirit, soul, and body in Jesus' name. And everybody said, We give the Lord a hand handcuff. We do that.